0: everyone and welcome to Plumescast. my name is seth aka phantasma plumes and i'm coming to you pre-recorded from the observatorium as always i thank you for tuning in today look before i really get started in here today i just want to give a quick shout out to one of the boys of the discord if you will jello listen homie it's friday when i'm recording this i know it's going to be sunday or sometime later when you hear it But I just want to wish you in the present and then, you know, two days in the future, belated happy birthday. I hope you had a wonderful day filled with laughter, joy. You're excited for this next new year of life. And, you know, I hope you were able to enjoy the little surprise I had for you on stream. Um, You know, I know you and I talked about gifts before and how you weren't really huge about them. So I made sure, like, what I ended up doing was something small. But I really wanted to celebrate with you because you've been a massive help to the show, you've been an amazing friend, and I really do hope you had an amazing day. That said, guys, this, as you can probably tell in my voice, this is probably going to be one of the more somber episodes. This is a very serious episode, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm going to keep it as lighthearted as I can, but here's your trigger warning and content warning, whichever word you prefer, for today's episode. You know, as you can probably guess by the title, I'm talking about death and I'm talking about suicide. Um, so please, 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 we talk about mental health a lot. You know, both between streams and podcast. And I want you to take a moment, real quick, and assess whether or not this is what you need to hear today. If you are not in a good headspace. Or you don't want to listen to anything like this, please, it is completely fine to skip this episode. I will not take any offense. But I do want I've been wanting to make this episode because I want to empower those who, like me, have survived past somebody else. Um, you know, this is going to be a uplifting episode. It's not gonna be talking about despairing after death. No, this is about life after death, you know. Of course, you know, not the actual life of the death after the person who passed, but for you and yourself going forward. Um, You know, I want this to be empowering. I want this to be an episode that people can come back to and get a positive vibe, like get their energy back and then let this be a reminder to them, you know, and I'll be completely transparent here. I go back and listen to a couple of my episodes every now and again when I need a boost. Because when I talk to you guys, I also talk to myself. You know, I want to be able to remind myself, hey, these are the good things that are going on. These are the moments that you should be doing X, Y, and Z. If you need a reminder of how awesome you are, here it is. You're doing amazing, you know. And in all this... I'm going to try and make this episode much more uplifting because let me be entirely upfront. Alright, I'm going to tell y'all the story of my family. How I survived, or I'm surviving beyond my brother who accidentally committed suicide, my father that died of cancer, and my mother who committed suicide. This will be very heartfelt, but. At the same time, I also want to say, you know, this whole thing, anytime with depression, it hits in waves, guys. You know, when you are experience, when you're faced with, like, a massive traumatic event, you will essentially be under the water. You know, you're not going to be able to see the light, and you're going to keep getting pushed around by the current of your emotions. But... Let me assure you of something, you will come up for air, you will find the sunlight, you will find that break in the waves, and you will tread water, sometimes for a little bit, but every time you get up out of the water, you're going to, you know, find there's more and more breaks in the waves, and you know, the worst part about waves though, guys, is it's going to hit you out of nowhere. You know, you're going to go back under, it's going to hurt, but when you come back up, you're going to have more of a breather period, a restoration period. You know, so, I want you all to know this, you know, even if you decide to skip this episode, please, you know, listen to this one line. You're going to be okay, it's going to be okay, I know it's hard now. But you are going to make it and you are going to persevere because that is the amazing you that you are. And if you don't believe that right now, then let me believe it for you. All right. So with all that said, all right, I'm going to quickly go through, you know, the timeline for my passing. Like it blows my mind that my dad and my brother have been dead for six years now. Um, and it, you know, still, I'm still kind of processing the fact that my mom's been dead for a couple of weeks. Um, as y'all know, like, I, especially if you're in the Discord, and especially if you're, like, paying attention to the missing Twitch streams, unfortunately my mom took her own life a couple of weeks back, and I needed to go down to Florida to take care of things. Um, you know, it was kind of a immediate, like, hey, I need to be down there, and, you know, just to kind of divulge a bit of the story, um, because I believe you guys have the right to know, and it makes me, you know, it doesn't make me more okay with it, but it makes me realize, like, this could happen to anybody. Um, I found out, because... A friend of my mom's, or like a neighbor, got in contact with me, said to call the sheriff's department uh, to do a wellness check, and over the phone, the police let me know that they found my mother, you know, unfortunately hanging. Um, It's terrible, and as the narrator of this story, I wish I could change the fact. I wish I could say something much nicer, much more upbeat, but... I have to stay true to the facts, because that's the way this story was written. And, you know, of course, the first thing I did was I called out work, I took bereavement, and I was like, okay, I'm heading down to Florida. And, unfortunately, the landlords wouldn't meet me until the next week. And also, unfortunately, there were suicide notes that I have yet to get released at the time of this recording. Um, I'm going to text the police department tomorrow because I have the sheriff's number and be like, hey, can I get an update on any of this? Because they're still doing an ongoing investigation. But I can tell you, you know, being the one, like, and this is going to sound incredibly fucked up, but I was also the one that found out my brother wasn't doing well for the first time in my family. So i'm used to being the bearer of bad news because and i'll tell you that story here shortly but i was the one that you know woke my parents up w- called my sister so on and so forth and you know t- to do it again like six years down the road you're just like man how many times am i gonna do this um but all that said i got in contact with my sister i let her know what was going down You know, we started planning things out. A lot of big changes came out in our plans just because of the way we are feeling. And that's something I'm going to touch on a lot here later is, guys, you might have plans. You might make plans to go do something together with a sibling. And the sibling may back out because it's better for them to not reopen old wounds, you know, and not be a part of something that's the way they need to heal, that is completely valid. You need to be able to give people their space to heal, and at the same time, you know, with that same respect, people need to give you the same place to heal as well. So, you know, I went down there with my sweet, sweet fox wife, who, every day, I'm incredibly thankful that she went down there with me, because I would not have been as strong to go down there by myself you know yes i can talk up a big game and yes i could have done it but i would have been i would have been hurting a lot worse and you know that's another point that i'm going to bring up is in these times of crises you need to be able to call upon your friends and your like remaining family and your support circle and in those moments you will probably realize much as i have how large that support circle is like i was able to call a couple of my best friends that were hanging like that are nearby like i like really close you know friends that if i needed them the day of that i found out they would be over there um you know and i talked on the phone with a number of them the next day and a couple of days later as things were getting sorted but and then I told, like, a close friend group, like, hey, guys, this is what happened. You know, I'm trying to do this, this, and this. I would appreciate being able to play, like, games with you later on. You know, it, honest and, like, even this weekend coming up, it's the first time I've seen one of my homies since all this has happened. And, uh, you know, it it's going to feel good. It's going to feel good to get out and hang out with him. And I got another buddy coming out on Sunday. Uh, to hang out with the two of us and it's, it's going to be a fun time, but all that, and these are all like valid healing things. Like, trust me, I'm going to get into, you know, how to handle the grief. I have six steps that I marked down on my little note sheet that I want to talk to you about and give you the insider opinion Because, look, I'm going to be real with y'all. I've survived three of my close family members passing. I've survived more friends than I care to admit. And my, you know, expanded family out, I've survived a good number of people. It's unfortunate to say that 27, you know, I've outlived a number (laughs) of friends and family members. I've gone to more funerals than I care to admit. But at the same time, it has given me such an insight to how... You know, people should deal with these kinds of things. And, you know, I want to just say this, too, as I kind of ramble on along here. It's valid. You are valid. Whatever you're feeling is valid. You know, if you're angry, good. Be angry. You know, be upset. Be Get the emotions out. You know, I'll go into that more later. But get whatever emotion you're feeling and let it out, don't bottle it up because I bottled it up for a good couple of years and I ended up having to go through, you know, my whole, as much as like, I hate to call it this, my whole depression arc where I was down, I was in the dumps, I put on weight. um, And I eventually through the help of close friends started to realize, you know what? I am down. I can do, th- I can change something about this. And I did. I. It took years. Like, healing takes a long-ass fucking time. So, and the, for some people, you know, you're going to bounce back in a week. For others, not so much. But at the same time, you have to allow yourself to realize that any time you need is valid time. So, anyway. All that to say... Let me give you the quick rundown of everything that happened. Because I think it's important. I think, you know, talking about the different ways that somebody can unfortunately pass on... Gives, you know, more meaning to how, you know, you feel. Um, So, you know, like I said, my brother, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately... Uh, offed himself, and it's I, it's always a hard time saying with him because he had gotten dirty drugs, like they were laced with something. The seller wasn't you know, seller wasn't completely honest with it, and it was not long after we found out that my dad had like stage four cancer. So you know, my brother had come in the day like the day before. I will never forget this. My brother came home the day before, or day of, and was, you know, saying how much he was going to help the family, and how he was going to, you know, because we were all pulling together, we were all at my family house, and, you know, we were just ultimately ready to come together as a family to support my dad, because, like I said, we just found out he had cancer, and, you know, then. Like, the very next day or very next night, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend at the time over uh, Skype, which should tell you how 2016 really was. Uh, (laughs) And I remember hearing, like, a knocking at the door, and I go down the stairs, and it's my neighbor. And she's like, honey, you know, I need you to go wake up your parents. Um, They found your brother unconscious in his apartment fast forward like maybe 10-15 minutes or so and the cops are showing up at our door to let us know that my brother had unfortunately passed on the way to the hospital uh, or probably a little bit prior to but you know and it was after that that my father ultimately stopped, like, stopped fighting you know he gave in to the cancer and within a month he was dead too and it caused a rift in my family where my mom began to just spiral downward, taking all these free resources that people were giving her because, you know, she lost her husband and her son, um, while my sister and I continued to try and live our lives the best we could, which ultimately, you know, for us was the smartest solution. Um, but because of that, it led to both... My mom and, or my sister and I rather, becoming estranged from my mom. Which is kind of important to this story because, you know, going down the line, having to deal with my mom's passing, also came, you know, us dealing with the web of lies she told when she moved. You know, I was talking with people who didn't know I existed. Um, I was talking with people that blamed me. For a lot of what happened with my mom. Because I couldn't take care of her. Like, I didn't want to. I had confronted her a few years prior about, you know, the, the problems of our past. You know, talking about what my dad had done. Talking about what she had done. Both intoxicated and not. And she, like, I will never forget one of her last words to me was, you know, you are welcome to believe whatever truth you want to, but that's a lie. None of that's true. And this is, and again, I'm not telling you all this to build a pity story. No, this is very important to, you know, the handling the grief process of it. But I need to set the stage and let you know, you know, my family had fallen apart a long, long time ago. I don't act like it. I don't show it. As much as I can because I don't want people to judge me again for what my family has done. So, you know, going back through that, especially, you know, as an adult, it really awoken something in me where I felt confident. As weird as it is to say, because I had matured so much and I knew you know, the truth, and I had no problem telling people the truth, because, you know, the person that told all the lies is no longer there, and I have to cut through all of them in order to help her in her final moments, so, you know, that's exactly what I did. It was eye-opening for a lot of people, and in that, people told me, A bunch of stories that I never thought I was going to hear. I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I am still very curious to find out what are in these suicide notes. Yes, notes with an S. Because, you know, I don't think my sister and I were ever mentioned in them. There was apparently a cryptic text that my mom sent to one of her best friends. Who was down there, like, by the way, Cousin Lisa, if you ever hear this... Thank you so much for all the support. Like Juju and I greatly appreciate everything you've done. Um but w- there was a list of contacts to get in contact with if something were to happen with my mom and my sister and I weren't there. And uh, you know, set the stage even more so when I was at my business conference a long while back, uh, I got a phone call that, you know, from family on my dad's side. Saying that my mom was admitted into the hospital because, you know, she wasn't eating, wasn't doing this, wasn't doing that. And when I called and was trying to make a, a flight to get down there, I was met with aggression. I was met with, you know, just like, I didn't even want you to know. Uh, you don't come down here. I don't want to see you. And it's just like, all right, you know, and I made an ultimatum. I was like, look, anytime you want to talk, I'm here. If you want me to come down there, I will come, but you just need to be the one to let me know, and please, by all means, call me when you get out of the hospital. I did not know a month prior to, that would be the last thing I got to say to my mom, and I did. I'm incredibly thankful that I got to say, you know, I love you, and I'm glad I was able to say goodbye. It wasn't the goodbye that I wanted, and... When I, and I'll be entirely honest too, when I found out that my mom had passed, I was furious. Because I was, you know, I had a lot of grief with my mom that basically will now go unresolved. At least that's what I thought back then. And, you know, now having gone down to Florida, having, you know, gotten most of the affairs in order, um... You know, having taken care of everything that I needed to take care of and, you know, being able to put my mom to rest alongside my father and my brother and my grandma in the same, you know, spot of the intercoastal and, you know, having the magical moments that happen. Like, I do want, I do want to say this, like, all in all, this, like, the experience down there, driving down there with Juju, coming back and everything that happened down there, it was honestly really healing, because I got to face a lot of the griefs, and I got to release a lot of the emotions, and I feel much better, you know, having come away from it, and that's why I was comfortable enough to do this podcast, and to tell you all the story, because... You know, I was able to talk to my dad and my brother one more time. My mom had dumped their ashes in the intercoastal and never told me when she did it. And I was beyond furious about that because I never got to say goodbye to either of them. And now, like, there were two incredibly magical moments. Like, I want to talk about the grief stuff, and I will in a second. But there were two incredibly magical moments and this is definitely one of the biggest things about healing is they are still out there. I truly do believe that it doesn't matter what religion you believe in or what I believe in, you know, I truly believe there are little moments that make you realize that that person is still thinking about you. Um, because when I was down in Florida, I was moving my mom's BMW out. So that way, you know, it could get taken away. Um, Because, you know, I wasn't going to pay for it. She didn't take good care of it whatsoever. (laughs) It was beat up on the inside. I was just like, Jesus, what the fuck? Uh, But I was pulling it out. And on the radio, Casey Kasem was, like, taking phone requests. And somebody's like, can you play uh, Don't Stop Believing My Journey? And when I heard that, I could feel, like, my mouth drop. I started crying because that was my dad's favorite song. And that was just a sign that they were still with me, you know. And then when we were, you know, during our little ceremony where we put spread my mom's ashes into the intercoastal and tossed, you know, roses. Like, we had red roses and white roses. Um, we, like, I asked... I asked both, you know, my mom and my dad, I was like, listen, you know, I know you guys never got the opportunity to meet Julia, but listen, I want to ask for your blessing, you know, is it okay for me to marry her one day? Like, are you okay? with? Would you like, I think I asked, would you give her your blessing to marry me? And at that exact moment, a pair of cardinals flew overhead and started singing. Now, cardinals aren't super popular, or like populous in Florida, especially in that part. And we had always associated the cardinal to be my dad's, you know, spirit coming through. Anytime we saw a cardinal's, you know, pops checking up on us. Or anytime we heard Journey, it was pops checking up on us. My brother, anytime I saw a jeep cruising down the road... That was him. Um, so to see two Cardinals at the same time and hear them start singing, I think, you know, we got one of the best blessings I could ever ask for. And Juju feels the same way. You know, I I cried a lot. I'm not going to lie. I cried a lot over the weekend. And I got in touch with some feelings that I never thought I would be, ever be able to unearth. But I'm going to be real with you all you know that is just one method to healing and now that i have you know gotten a little bit further beyond that you know yes there's still i still have some brain fog about this whole thing and i'm you know fighting my imposter syndrome a little bit more than i usually do uh after all this has happened but i wanted to be you know entirely honest, and I wanted to tell you all all this while this was still fresh. Because, again, you know, unfortunately, when another life ends, it doesn't mean ours does too. You know, we still have... The, like, time is still ticking, even though somebody else's clock is stopped. And you can't allow yourself to give up on your life when somebody is gone. That... Easily is probably one of the hardest things to comprehend for a lot of people. Because in like the way I was taught it way back when, when my grandma on my dad's side passed, you know, I was, I was distraught about it. And I will never forget my dad coming up and telling me that you have to continue to live your life in honor of them. You need to, you know, because they would be, like, if they were sitting there and they saw how you were acting, how would they feel? That said, you know, you can absolutely express whatever emotions, what pauses that you need, like, anything. If that's your way to deal with grief, all of it is completely valid. But you cannot allow yourself... ...to completely come to a full stop for so long that it impacts your livelihood. You know, there's times and places for everything. And unfortunately, some of us, like me, have to carry on that pain... ...until, you know, we get the opportunity to reason with it, confront it, and let it go, finally. And I'll tell you this, you know, people have been talking to me, even beyond this, like, hey... You know, you've been in my mind, uh, your family's in my mind, are you okay? And when I tell people, you know what, I feel relieved that it's all said and done, they give me the weird look because I'll be entirely real with y'all. You know, there was an ongoing fear for the longest amount of time that one day my sister and I are going to have to take care of my mom. You know, somebody who clearly never wanted to take care of herself. Despite, you know, how old she was and despite her two kids doing the best that they could. Despite the same circumstances falling upon them. And, you know, I I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, coming out of somebody like an abuser's shadow to finally be able to start living my own life. Like, to be just as brutally honest as I could be with y'all... I have, like, after I had that confrontation with my mom, after I became estranged from her, I finally started to live my life for me. And I'm still, like, it's been over a year since that has happened. And I'm still learning every single day, like, what things truly make me happy. What things, you know, do I enjoy doing. Like, what now that I have the freedom to choose what I want to do what will I do with my life, and it's a big confrontation, but, you know, I've also gone through so much other shit that I've learned you have to take things day by day by day, you can't look at the future all at once and just be like, holy shit, you know, I don't know me, no, today, like, I'll tell you what I tell myself every single day as I wake up, Today is another day to learn something new, and today is another day to be me. I've never said that out loud to anybody, so again, the bloom's exclusive here, um but well, I've told you know Juju to some degree that you know for a while I had to look in the mirror and be like, "All right, I'm gonna work on being happy today um but it it's true, you know sometimes I need that reminder just to be like. Today's my day. And sometimes you'll need that as well. But all that to say, I've kind of been, you know, spending the last 30 minutes telling y'all about why I've accumulated all this grief in life. And I've kind of been touching over these subjects. But now that you have the stage, and now that you kind of see how I've I've gone the full gambit with it. You know, I want to walk you through the six things that I have learned that hopefully will help you one day. You know, hopefully that day isn't for a long-ass time. But they're the most valid, condensed tips I could give somebody. And look, the very first one is, somebody died. You know, it's alright to be an emotional wreck. You know, and I'm... This is coming from... Somebody that, unfortunately, for the longest time had to deal with the toxic masculinity standard of, you know, guys aren't allowed to cry. It's not manly to cry. Like, I am so incredibly thankful I have somebody like Juju in my life that can tell me straight up, who gives a shit about being manly? Who gives a shit about, you know, this traditional value? You shouldn't hide your feelings. And, you know, I'm hoping to do that for you right now to say it is completely valid to let out any emotion that you're feeling. If you're angry about the situation, be mad. Go to the gym, like exercise it out. Punch a pillow, do what you need to do to get that anger out. You know, if you're sad, it's okay. Go go take a nap, go relax. Go do whatever, you know, you do when you're down. As Juju loves to say, she's going to crawl in a hole. And you know, occasionally bring snackies down there. Yo, dig that hole as deep as you need to go. But at the same time, understand that the next day, I want you to try. I want you to try to, you know, not exactly be normal, but get back to you. You know, and every day it's going to be hard, you know, especially depending on like how close you were to the person. And how quickly you can heal from these things. But every single day, just please don't stop advancing your life. Don't let despair discourage you from what you are doing. You know, even if it's just a little millimeter of a step, that is impressive and that's something to be proud of. Because unfortunately, with all this, and unfortunately, with the lack of mental health type assistance, you know, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. But I want you to know, if you have gotten out of bed today, or even if you didn't get out of bed today, but you at least messaged somebody, or you took the time that you need to heal, you did something valid. It's not wasted time if it's time you used to heal yourself. And on that note, get all these feelings out of you. Like, get as many of them as you can. Do not allow yourself to bottle any of it up because it's just weight that will bring, that'll slow you down. Like, you know, obviously you can tell I'm getting more and more, you know, emotional with all this because this is something I dealt with for years. You know, I never, I hate saying that I was depressed because of the stigma that goes with depression, you know, and. Unfortunately, our society, especially in the U.S., if you say you're depressed, that is a red mark on your employment record, you know, especially if you leave a company because of that. So I kind of had to fake this optimism, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing, even though I was struggling for the longest. Um, And it's just one of those things where until you get all those Excuse me. all those residual emotions out of you, you won't fully heal. And it's okay. You know, you're never... Like, let me tell you this too. You are never going to fully heal from these experiences. You are going to be scarred. But those scars make you beautiful. They make you who you are. You know, if anyone asks me, would I change a thing about my childhood up to now... Despite all the horrible things that have happened to me, I wouldn't. Because because I survived all those horrible things, I can become a voice, a strength for you guys to kind of juice you up so that way you can do the same for somebody else one day. You know, if you talk to, you know, like 21-year-old me when all this was happening and you told him, Hey, man, you know, in five, six years, you're going to have a podcast where you're encouraging people. And you're a streamer in which you're always trying to bring out the best in others. Like, I think he would just tell you to fuck off. (laughs) You know? It's like, man, whatever. Fuck you. Stop fucking with me. (laughs) You know? But that's the reality of it. Is... You, use, you can use these experiences to shape you either for the negative and, implode, and like implode within yourself. Or you can gradually heal from them and make yourself something that much better. You know, it's unfortunate that these, you know, circumstances had to happen, you know. But at the same time, they've happened. It's over. There's nothing you can do to change it. So what will you do to live with it? You know, and as I said, every emotion that you feel is valid, but you can't allow yourself to let it end with them. You have to continue, you have to continue on for them. And you know, when you get more comfortable with all of it, even after you know the passing, it's important to share memories of that person. I think in every instance. You will have a moment that makes you sit back and think of all the good and all the, you know, negative. Like, depending on how your relationship was with somebody, you're absolutely going to have a flashback down memory road. That's going to make you realize, like, why you felt the way you felt about them when you find out the news. I definitely did with my mom. You know, I had a flashback to that last conversation where I was crying on the phone I was confronting her about all the traumas that she had inflicted upon me and she told me straight out that I was lying to her and now I like at that time I was I was furious because now here I was holding the bag that both that she had filled and that I will never be able to you know fully confront her again on and you know, when it came from my brother and from my dad, again, you know, I thought of the negative things first, but then, you know, now all these years down the road, whenever I talk to people about them, yes, I share the negative stories. There are definitely things about my dad that I didn't like, you know, there are different things about my brother I didn't like, you know, but at the same time, I cherish, I cherish all the memories. Because that is what Defined our relationship at times You know I will never Like even and like let me tell you this too The longer time Goes the more You remember the positives And the more you Realize like Maybe things weren't all that bad That That is to say You know shit can be horrible You know you can be Beaten abused all these different kinds of different ways Um But at the same time, you kind of heal yourself in a weird sense of the mind. Like, you'll never forget what they've done to you. But in a weird way, you can kind of almost forgive to some degree. It's going to be different for everybody, you know. There's certain things that my dad did to me that I will never forgive him for. But overall, I have forgiven him, you know. I have let that anger and that pain go because, you know, me surviving through it has given me more power and more, you know, a stronger ability to come on here and talk to y'all and to be a confidant to say, hey, it's going to be okay, you know, and I think, you know, As time comes to, I will start to, you know, really only remember the positive things my mom had done. Like, with my brother, I will never forget, there was a huge, huge flood that came through, you know, my state later, like, while I was in high school. And I was gonna end up having to sleep at the school because buses couldn't run. Like, this water was fucking deep. Like, a baseball park in my neighborhood was completely submerged in water like up to the fence like this thing like not you know from the bottom of the fence no like this thing was all the way above the fence and this fence was pretty big like you know the typical like curved fences for these things it was about one of those and it was under the water for the most part it oh my god and I will never forget my brother came through in his jeep and got me and i remember calling out his name and like running over and hugging him it you know i know you know cuz this is this is going to be a bit hard to admit but even though at times i feel like my brother and i didn't have the best relationship because you know we had a 10 year difference and he was you know w- like further away than my sister was cuz he his work travel like he traveled for his work um You know, and I didn't have the ability to really bond with him the way I could now as an adult. Like, looking back at it, I understand him much more than I ever would have as a kid. And all in all, I think we had a really good sibling relationship. I can say, like, easily in my heart that I love him. You know, he's a jackass, but he's my jackass, you know? And same with my dad, like, my dad has done inexcusable things, and has risked both my life and his, and, you know, even still, I think of the man fondly. You start sharing these memories you have with people, and you keep them around, you know, no one is truly ever gone until the last person stops talking about them. And when it comes time for, you know, Juju and I to have kids, I'm going to tell them about their grandfather. I'm going to, you know, tell them about the crazy things he and I did together. And I'm going to tell them about their uncle that they'll never have. Like, my sister tells my niece and nephew about him all the time. And it truly is just a beautiful thing to be able to keep these people who aren't in our lives anymore, you know, around. That said, you know, you'll start doing things to honor their memory. For me, with my brother, it's every, you know, on the anniversary of his passing, I make sure to always either send something up to the sky, or pour out what his favorite drink was, was Which was an orange sun-kissed, Or an orange Fanta, depending on the day. But he loved orange soda. You know, my dude absolutely adored him some orange soda. No matter where he went, he left a bottle of almost finished orange soda. So, in those moments, you know, usually I'll be cruising down the road. And I will just open up my window. Open up the top and just pour out one for the homie. And... For my father, I, on the anniversary of his passing, I'll sit there and I'll talk with him, you know. I always mean to get a cigar and, like, light it and, you know, because, like, he and I, he smoked cigars. I could never really smoke well because I never learned how to smoke properly, which is probably a good thing, all things considered. So most of the time, I would just light the cigar and sit there and just, like, let the secondhand smoke do its work. Um... But, you know, on the passing of his death, I will always, you know, sit out there and just talk with him for a little bit. Let him know that I'm still thinking about him. And, you know, ask the questions that are on my mind. And in honor of him, I started doing No Shave November. So that way, you know, even with our contributions, it may help save a son from saying goodbye to his father. And a father from saying goodbye to his son. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that I could do. You know, I like spreading awareness about cancer. There's a good chance that I may have to deal with it in my lifetime. You know, so I'm really not looking forward to getting something shoved up my ass. um, You know, when I turn 30. But it is what it is. And I'm always so amazingly... And, like, because of that, too, you know, it's gotten me more involved with the community. It's gotten me, you know, talking to people that I would never have talked to. It allows me to be entirely honest with y'all and be thankful that we have this amazing community of ours. Because we're making a difference in the, like, in the name of somebody that no longer is around... We keep him alive. And that's something that I'm incredibly thankful for. For my mom, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do for her memory yet. You know, as it is, I feel just, I feel like sharing this podcast, doing this story with y'all, telling you how all this went down so that way I could start motivating people again, like, I think that's a great way. ...to honor her. I truly do believe... Because that was the thing about my mom... ...is she had her own podcast. You know, and she was on the radio. She was an entrepreneur... ...in a lot of regards. Owned her own business. um, You know, had that going for a good couple of years... ...and was an unpublished author. But she wanted to help people. And I think in a weird, bizarre sense me doing podcasts especially those geared towards topics like these um and to try and reassure them to try and teach them that things are going to be okay i'm kind of carrying the torch for my mom that stopped doing it way 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 back when i think ultimately i will end up writing a cookbook you know i think I will probably put together a whole bunch of recipes that I love that we've done together on stream and just be like, hey, you know, this is from zero to, you know, whatever from zero to winter or whatever the cookbook in which, you know, we talk about how far, you know, we've all become as chefs and have experienced so many different things. Because we had this driving fire beneath us. Now mind you don't quote me on that. I would love to write a book one day. But I'm still. You know and I've written books in the past. But something as serious as this. I want to take the deep consideration towards. To make sure one. I am prepared to write something like that. And two. To write it in a way that's so human. That, again, it sounds as though you are talking to me or you're listening to this podcast. Like, you can hear the inflections in my voice when you read it across the page kind of thing. Um, That said, you know, it may come. It may come one of these days. And, again, the cookbook itself would be so much fun uh, to just write with you all. And talk about, like, the recipes we've made together. You're like, yeah, it's a compilation of a bunch of recipes that I never really came up with. But at the same time, like, aren't all cookbooks to some degree? Like, let's be fair, everybody's got a mac and cheese recipe. (laughs) But, you know, this kind of leads into the hardest part about, you know, the passing of a family member. Is being able to forgive them. You may never get the closure you wanted. In the way you wanted it. Like I can tell you straight out. All I wanted from my mom. Is her to say that she was sorry. And for her to own up. You know her. Her you know misfortunes in life. That she inflicted onto us. You know I wanted her to take responsibility. For taking, like, this is extremely personal. But when my father and brother passed, my mom took all the money from their estates and all the money that was given to us from, you know, the Patreons or like the GoFundMe's and all this stuff that people had started up for us and kept it for herself. You know, I was and still am paying off college loans. You know, actually, no, I was still in school when all this happened. But, you know, I never saw a single cent of their estate. Not that I ever wanted to. But, it you know, in talking about it to anybody, they always ask, like, well, wouldn't you have wanted something like that? Like, that was your dad. That was your brother. You know, because I didn't get to keep, like, anything from them. Because my mom sold all of it. Like, there are certain things that I've managed to keep, like, from my brother's apartment... I was able to keep the doorstopper rock that he used. It, it sounds so stupid now that I've said it out loud, but he always made this big to do about how cool this rock was, and now I've got it. You know, he also had this uh, lion dog statue that sat on his table. That's sitting on my bookcase, and last but most importantly, you know, he had a bamboo plant that was growing out of a Genesis mug our Guinness mug, and I have the mug and all the rocks that he used. Unfortunately, the plant died a long, long time ago uh, because I didn't know about taking care of bamboo well, but now I have, you know, thanks to Juju, I have two really healthy bamboo plants that I take care of like they're my children, and one day I do hope to, you know, get another bamboo plant and put it in there and take care of it, and do the same thing that my brother did with it. Because his was fucking tall. Now, I think he probably just bought it like that. Because my brother definitely didn't have a green thumb. But, you know, it was definitely one of those things where when I was leaving out of there, like, out of his apartment for the last time. And I had that mug in my hand. I was like, alright, come on, Ryan. So, you know, it's, it's hard it is incredibly hard to forgive the people that have wronged you, especially when you will never get that confirmation, you know, or rather that, like, apology that you're searching for. But you have to. You, ha- It's one of the worst things of life that, unfortunately, in this one moment, you have to be the bigger person. Because, yeah, you can stay mad at them, but what's that going to do? They can't do anything to you now. You know, the repercussions of what their life, you know, can still impact you. Like, having to go through my mom's web of lies to just ultimately come down to the truth with people. Like, yeah, no, that shit hurt. You know, but in it, I also got a sense of recovery. Because I was finally able to come out about the truth. About what, you know, this woman had done. And when people had realized, you know, oh... That, like, that's the genuine truth. It made a lot of sense to people. Did it change their perception of her? No. You know, they still remembered her as the woman she was. Um, but to have that context definitely shed a lot of light onto a lot of things that people were confused about. Except for the people that enabled her. They, they absolutely did not give two fucks and just called me a terrible son. But anyway... <laughs> it... You ultimately find yourself wanting to forgive them, and when you do, when you finally say, "You know what?" And you, like, I'll be real. When I found out my mom had passed, and I told Juju, I was, I was furious. I look, I remember looking out the window, and I just had this full-on conversation where I was pretty damn aggressively telling my mom. That I'm going to be somebody better than you. I'm never going to do to my kids what you did to me. So on and so forth. And in that, I think I found the forgiveness or the ability to forgive. Because it's over, you know. I have a conviction now to be a much better person. To be a better teacher to you guys. To be you know, something much better than I ever was, because of what that person had done to me. And I think in that, I have learned just another level of Zen. You know, I, it's weird to say this, but I had a car accident, kind of, where somebody had backed into my car, scratched the hood, like, scratched the fuck out of the hood, it hurts to look at, but they had scratched the fuck out of my hood, And I was, like, for a minute, yeah, no, I was absolutely livid. Like, those were one of the very few things in life that absolutely zero to 100 pisses me off. Because I take really good care of my shit, and the fact that you had... Like, you didn't have the balls to come up and, like, say sorry or put it Like, even just putting a note saying sorry in a frowny face, I would have been more okay with that. But the fact that they did nothing and that was technically a hit and run, like, by all means, it set me off. Even now, I still get a little heated about it. But I put a note on the guy's car and I was like, listen, man, you know, I'm not accusing you for any of this. But you were the guy that I parked next to. This is where the hit was. Um, you know, I'm just curious if you know anything, if you saw anything, if you could let me know, like, I'm not willing to press charges. I'm not willing to, you know, get my insurance involved. Like, I just want 20 bucks for touch up paint. And at the end of it, you know, I was kind of laughing because I was writing it with Juju and we were making jokes about it. And I realized that shit like before would not have rolled off my back as easily because in the end of the day there's nothing you can do except trying to make the best future that you can and i think when you real like when you learn that you become something that much better yourself but all that to say you know now that the person has passed it's time for you like just you to realize the people around you And really just take in the support group that you have. Like, I will fully admit, I never realized how many people were backing me until all this happened. Until I called up a bunch of people and like, hey man, you know, I just want to let you know this is what happened. To have that many friends, especially you guys, you know, come out and give the support that you have. Like, it made me realize I'm not in this alone. I never was, despite how I always felt. And I think that was probably the number one healing factor of this entire thing, is I may not have a perfect family. I don't think anyone truly has a perfect family. But I have an amazing friend family that would drop anything to come and help. And that is something I couldn't say about the majority of my family. You know, of course my sister is 100% behind me in everything that I do. And I love her to death. But I couldn't say that about my brother. I don't know he would have done that. And to be able to fully embrace the friend family that I have. And the relationships that I have with people. like I am so incredibly blessed to have the fox wife. Um, in my life again I would not have been as strong to go through everything that I did without her because she enabled me to be open with my feelings and to get this stuff out like I even though it's hard to talk about still I feel so much better after all this has happened than I have ever felt in my life and I'm motivated to keep doing the things that I do to keep you know entertaining y'all making y'all smile giving you little bits of reprieve um much more now than i ever was before because it all this has made me realize how strong i am as a person and how much energy and joy i can give to other people and hopefully uplift them and how much those little interactions that we have mean to people a single like a single smile Can absolutely change somebody's day. So when I choose the words that I choose to record down. You know. I want them to be infused with as much power. As I can give them. And I really want to say this. Like. Despite everything I've told y'all. I want y'all to know. That whatever emotions you end up feeling. You know. From a passing of a friend. Or a family member. Even if it's just a goodbye and you don't get to talk to them anymore. It's similar. Like you are entirely valid in whatever emotion you feel. And you ought to feel great that you are expressing the emotions you are. Because the one worst thing you can do is bottle them up. It's not fair to you. And it's not fair to the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world doesn't get to experience the amazing you that will come. And I just really want to say this too. You are much stronger than you will ever give yourself credit for. You are your number one worst critic. And I really do believe that the day you can overcome that is the day you really start living your best life. And you realize how amazing the world is around you. You will come... To face many hardships in your life. But the fact that you have continuously overcame them. Really stands to say how amazing you are. Because a lesser person would have given up. And you haven't. You know. I have my stigmas. Unfortunately about suicide. To me it is the most permanent solution to a temporary problem. Even if that problem seems life engulfing. When you finally overcome it, it it truly is just another bump in the road. And I want you to truly, like, if you have any doubts about yourself and are even remotely considering it, please get in contact. There are people out there willing to listen to you, whether that's a suicide support line or it's a group of friends. You have, But you also have to get over this notion of, You know, nobody's going to care. Like, why would I... I'm bothering people with all this. People care about you. People love you. If they don't, I do. And I want you to know that there is somebody cheering for you. And until the day you can cheer for yourself, I will be the one cheering for you. I may not even know you. But in this moment, in this recording, in this exact time in which you are listening to this... I am cheering for you. And I know you can do amazingly. And you will overcome this. You have overcome so much more. Like right behind you. Just take a look behind you. You will overcome this too. It's going to be hard. And it's going to hurt. But you will be so much better having survived it. And that unfortunately is one of the greatest lessons that come with one of the worst things in life. That with every death your life becomes that much more empowered because you have a bit of somebody else now walking with you. You have their strength. You have their support. Even if you can't see it, even if you can't feel it, even if you can't talk to them the way you're used to, they are there. Reach out to them. Talk to them. Keep their memory with you. And you will find yourself with a new strength and a new power you never thought possible. Be strong, be you, experience every feeling that you have because one day down the line, you're going to realize that every experience has shaped you and you and only you have the power to decide how that's going to impact you. I believe in you. You're making the right decisions. You're living life the best you can, even if it doesn't seem like it, even if it feels like you should be doing more. You are doing the things for you. And if you truly aren't, and you can say that, and there's more things you can do, okay, tomorrow's a new day. Give it a shot tomorrow. Even if it's just one extra step that you took that day. It's one more step you didn't take yesterday. And it's an extra step you can take tomorrow. There's an amazing like mindset to you know, the journey... Like, the hardest part of a journey is the first step. Because guess what? You may have taken one step today and you added an extra step tomorrow. On the second day, after the fact, after your journey started, that's three steps. After the next, like, after a week, that's eight steps. A day, mind you. When before you were only taking a single step, you know... I'm not going to do the math, because I'm stupid, but I'm going to estimate that's about 50 steps, maybe more, that you've taken instead of 7. Because you continuously improve bit by bit by bit. Every time you improve, the level for your improvement, your next real level up, is down the line that much more, and it's so much further away than when you started. Anyway. I ooh, I don't know where all that like emotion just came over me to be super encouraging, but it is the rawest truth. And I hope, you know, again, if you ever have any doubts about who you are and what you're doing and where you're going in life, you're doing everything you need to right now. You'll figure it out. Take it day No, excuse me. Take it day by day. And, you know, here's the reality of life, too, guys. We live in a time in which you can swap your job. You can, like, if I wanted to, and I truly hated IT, and I wanted to go to something else, if I wanted to just, you know, focus on content creation for the rest of my life, I could. It may not net me as much money, (laughs) especially with how it is right now. Um, But I could. I could. And if I wanted to go into HR, I could. I could start at the bottom and work my way back up. You know, every experience that you have allows you to transition to different things. You know, the things that you never thought you'd be able to do. Like, for example, every time I cook something, I get more proficient in the kitchen. And I think, you know, if I ever want to raise or own a bakery one day, I could. Because of the things that I'm starting to do now. You know, that's the glorious thing about our world as it is right now. You can wake up tomorrow, say you're done with something, and take all your experiences and transition them to something else. It may not be a a seamless transition, but it's there for you. You can do it. You just can't allow yourself... To stop because of somebody else. Please, do not bottle your emotions. Even if it feels like that's the right thing to do. You lost somebody. You may have lost somebody in the past. You may lose... You're definitely going to lose people in the future. Don't hinder yourself by bottling these emotions. Be you. Be human. It's okay to... Like... Homies, for all the guys out there, it's okay to fucking cry. I don't care how strong you think you are. You're a bitch if you can't cry. I'm sorry. You know, that's something younger me would have needed to hear. And I want, like, it took somebody screaming at me to realize that I could choose my life. And so can you. Let this be your moment that you can live for yourself. Even if today's the start to that, you have a massive journey ahead of you and you're going to do amazingly. At least that's what I think. Anyway, I have definitely been rambling for long enough. I, you know, it's getting close to six and I need to start getting things ready for the cooking stream. So, I'm going to go ahead and end podcast here. If you made it this far, seriously, thank you. Of course, I'm always open for questions, comments, concerns. Like, I'm here. I can't guarantee I'm going to be here for everybody. You know, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But seriously, if you need somebody to talk to, you know, you have the email. You have stream. You have, especially Friday streams, like that's why I love doing the cooking streams, because it gives us a chance to talk. And it gives us a chance to ground each other out, especially after a long work week. But, you know, feel free. Feel free to reach out. If you think there's no one else that's willing to listen to you, I'm willing to prove you wrong. But... That said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end things off here. So remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can listen to Plumescast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and soon-to-be YouTube. And you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again, plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening in, and as always, I'll talk to you again from the night sky very soon. Until next time, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your day, and again, you're doing amazing, and I'm proud of you. Bye-bye!